before we dive into the brand new photo reel live action Lion King, let's go back to the classic that started it all, 1994's The Lion King, the heart of a villain. Run, run away and never return. Welcome to Durbania, I'm Durbin, and this is my theological analysis for Disney's The Lion King 1994, the heart of a villain. I thought this would be an interesting analysis diving into Scar and his motivations against, against Simba because really watching this animated movie through again, it's really quite clever. And Scar is quite clever in his way of getting Simba to run away from his destiny so that Scar can usurp a position that was never meant for him. I am a king. I can do whatever I want. If you were half the king Mufasa was, you would I'm never... ten times the king Mufasa was. The Lion King really is a classic tale of Mufasa the King and Scar his brother. Now Simba is born, Scar has lost his place in line to become king, so what does he want? To gain that place back to be king. Simba eventually grows out of the I can't wait to be king phase, whereas Scar holds on to that childish immaturity and just desperately wants to be king. I am a king, I can do whatever I want. So he comes up with this huge plan to kill Mufasa and Simba and remove all obstacles from his path to the throne so that he can usurp a position that was never meant for him and that he was never destined for. In truth, he ends up missing his own fantastic destiny, whatever that could have been, and ends up destroying his life in this pursuit. But what I think is so clever about this is it shows the true heart of a villain. Jesus makes things pretty plain. He says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. See, Jesus draws a line right there in the sand and makes a clear distinction between his motives and the devil's motives. And sometimes because we're humans, we're fearful, we have guilty consciences and all that stuff, we think that God wants to hurt us. We think that God wants to hurl lightning bolts down upon us and punish us because we're so wicked and we absolutely deserve it. And yet Jesus makes it clear, no, no, that's the devil who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. It's me who wants to give you abundant life. And when you dive into the Lion King, you see that motivation of the enemy present in the character of Scar. He desperately wants to take a place that doesn't belong to him. It belongs to Simba. So how is he going to usurp a role that belongs to Simba? He's going to make Simba terrified to take that position. So he comes up with this wild plan to have Simba in this gorge, and he's already attacking a place where Simba feels slightly guilty. If you remember a scene before, Simba was doing what he should not have done. He truly messed up playing around in an elephant's graveyard, nearly got Nala killed, nearly got himself killed. But you know what's interesting? Mufasa had to bring down the hammer, right? Mufasa had to discipline his son and bring him conviction. Now that's the difference between conviction and shame. Conviction says, that's right, this is wrong, and builds you up to walk onto what is right. Whereas shame sticks with you and says, you played in an elephant graveyard, terrible individual. But what we see is Mufasa with conviction. Mufasa disciplines Simba for doing wrong. I've got to teach my son a lesson. He explains to him it's wrong. I know. You could have been killed. You deliberately disobeyed me. And what's worse, 
you put Nala in danger. But then he builds him up, teaches him what a king is, what a king should be. And then you notice the fun that he ends up having with Simba there. They have a great father-son bonding moment because the father loves the son. The son made a massive mistake, but that didn't even put a dent in the father's love for the son. Simba endured some discipline, which probably wasn't pleasant, and yet it ended in a strengthening in that father-son relationship with Simba coming out of the other side of that stronger. Now we come to this side and we have Scar. And what's Scar messing with? Shame. You wouldn't want to end up in another mess like you did with the hyenas. You know about that? Simba, everybody knows about that. Really? Oh, yes. So he's already making him feel bad, trying to make him stay in this one spot, using guilt and shame to keep him there, and telling him to work on his little roar. Now here's the hyenas up there, and they're gonna make the herd go stampeding through the gorge, and here's Simba working on his little roar. It's a perfect setup using guilt from something he's already done to make him feel bad about himself to begin with, and then setting up a situation where Simba is gonna believe because he roared a little too loud, he sent this stampeding herd through the gorge, and he was the reason that his father died. Scar set this up perfectly, and you see Scar has to do it this way, because Scar has no authority over Simba. He has no authority over Simba's destiny. He has no authority to take Simba out of the line to be kings. Literally, he cannot harm a hair on Simba's head. So Scar has to operate through deception. So he pulls the wool over Simba's eyes to make him believe that he's at fault for the death of Mufasa. And when you have that tender loving scene where Simba curls up next to his dead father and is so sad that he can't wake him, Scar comes out of the shadows. But the king is dead. And if it weren't for you, he'd still be alive. What will your mother think? It's that line right there that gets me. Because I think that's the line that the devil gets us with. What will your mother think? What will those that you love the most think? What will God think of you for having done this? He's so righteous and holy, and you're so small and pathetic. Run. Run. Run away and never return. So he hit him with guilt, condemnation, and a healthy dose of fear. Now Simba is afraid of what his mother thinks. He's afraid of what the rest of the pride is going to think of him. And because of that fear, he is now going to run away from a destiny that belongs to him and a devil who has never deserved it and should never be there is going to take that position. And so he ends up with Pumbaa and Timon and it's interesting because Pumbaa and Timon have a philosophy, Hakuna Matata. It means no worries. You know what's interesting is God wants us to have that in our lives. No worries. But see, they're taking it too far to this extreme of no worries. Let it all go. But Simba, while he needs to forget the fear and the shame that Scar is trying to heap on him, he's got to have the proper conviction. The conviction of knowing what is right and the conviction of knowing where he belongs so that he can take his place in the circle of life and restore life to pride rock but you see he got too far in one direction you're such a mess up you're such a screw up this is all your fault what will your mother think you said you'd always be there for me but you're not it's because of me then he comes over here gets too far to the other side of ah oh, just forget it all no worries and so he gets kind of lost in this until finally rafiki shows up 
to remind him. The past can't hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Ah, you see? What I love about that scene of learning from the past is, again, it's a picture of conviction. God doesn't want Simba to be in shame. He doesn't want Simba to be feeling guilty or being fearful. That's not God. But God is saying, hey, the past can't control you. Learn from it, but be convicted. You have a place where you belong. Take that proper place and let nothing hold you back from that. So yes, have no worries. Have Hakuna Matata in the sense, no worries for the rest of your days, but remember who you are and take that place that you belong to. You know, it's interesting when Simba does the thing that he fears the most and he faces his past, he sees the illusion that Scar casted over. I killed Mufasa. It's Scar who was the killer. It's Scar who was the murderer. It's Scar that set it up so that Simba would be in fear and would never ever come back. When Simba sees that man, boom, it is over right then and there and he takes his position back. Again, Scar had no authority and no power over Simba. The only way he could get Simba's place is to make Simba afraid and to make him a slave again to fear. But God says, I haven't given you a spirit of fear. He says, I've given you a spirit of adoption by which you could cry Abba, which means father. Or really, Abba literally translated means daddy. You know, so many times we think God wants to hurt us. We really do. God wants to punish us. But you know, Jesus told the story of the prodigal son for a reason. He wants you to know how loved you are. When the prodigal son shamed his father, shamed his inheritance, and ran away, as soon as he came to his senses and began to come back, he didn't even make it to the front door before the father saw him and came running to meet him, dressed him in a fancy robe, put fancy rings on his fingers, and yelled to his servants, kill the fattest cow that we got. We have got to have a major celebration. My son is back. That's God's attitude towards you and me. And the devil has no authority over us and no authority to harm one hair on our heads. So the best he can do is pull the wool over our eyes to make us slaves to fear so we'll be afraid of that destiny. We'll be afraid to return to that one place that we truly belong. So Hakuna Matata, my friend, let go of that fear, but have the proper conviction of knowing who you are and where you belong. So what do you think of The Lion King? Is it one of your favorite animated movies? Are you looking forward to the new one? Let's talk in the comments. While you're there, hit the bell by the subscribe button so you're notified for my next theological analysis, movie review, ranking video, or anything else I do here. I'm Durbin. Thanks for checking out Durbania. Oh, <laughs>